Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Surprise! This isn't a bonus episode, but this is usually an off week for the Alien Beer Podcast. Next week, on May 15, 2021, the last episode of the Multiverse Blues will air. On that same day, the paperback and ebook versions of that saga will be released on Amazon. So, to get you ready for the transition to a new story, I thought I'd air this, the first episode of Rosedale Pub. Rosedale is a pub between the worlds, a liminal place where travelers from anywhere in the multiverse may rest and mingle. The road outside, as Bilbo Baggins knows, can go anywhere, and you have to be careful when you set your feet upon it, because who knows where you'll end up. The only thing for sure is, at the Rosedale Pub, you'll hear travelers' tales. The first episode is an introduction to that place. So pull up a bar stool and have a drink. All are welcome at the Rosedale. Rosedale Pub, Genius Loci. Alyssa waved goodbye to the strange little man who'd taken pity on her and swept her away to this other place. She stood, bewildered, on the side of a road in front of a two-story building with a bright robin's egg blue neon sign. At first, the words made no sense and she squinted at the unfamiliar script. After a moment, her vision rearranged itself, and she saw that the sign read, Rosedale Pub. She looked up and down the road, but the pub was the only thing as far as her eyes could see. So she shrugged and climbed the steps onto the veranda. The door slid to one side with a sigh to let her in. Inside, her senses were overwhelmed by many things going on at once. The jukebox blared an old George Thorogood song involving several types of liquor. To her surprise, a pool table in front of her flickered out of existence. A squat, burly woman with gray skin and a snaggletooth growled and waved a pool cue around where it had been. The pool table reappeared. A passing server, carrying a plate of sizzling fries, trailed an enticing aroma of garlic and hot oil. Something slimy brushed against Alyssa's forearm, and she let out a shriek as she beheld a yellowish, human-sized, amorphous blob at her side. A sharp voice called out, Marcel! Stop it! What have I told you about harassing other guests? Alyssa turned to find the owner of the voice. The bartender, a towering woman with sleek black hair and skin the color of sand dunes, wrapped in a turquoise and gold dress. The bartender's hands rested upon her hips, her dark eyes fixed upon the blob next to Alyssa. The blob named Marcel gurgled like a backed-up toilet, burping out her apology to Alyssa as it began to slide away from her. It's okay, began Alyssa, only to be cut off by another bark from the imposing bartender. No, it's not. Marcel, give it back, hissed the bartender. Now, Marcel, or so help me, you're cut off. Marcel extended a translucent pseudopod, holding up Alyssa's bag. Alyssa snatched the weathered canvas bag from the blob and backed away, only to bump into the irritable pool player. "'I'm so sorry,' cried Alyssa, who found herself being set upright by the burly pool player. The woman's hands were warm and strong, and though her smile revealed a mouthful of canine teeth, a sudden warm calm washed over Alyssa. "'It's all right,' grumbled the woman." I'm sure. You're new here. Alyssa swallowed and nodded. 
That's right. I don't quite know where I am. Oh, and my name's Alyssa. Alyssa Murphy. Pleased to meet you, Shura. Shura's grin widened. Charmed. This here is the Rosedale Pub, which is kind of a nowhere place. Alyssa looked around her to take in the dozens of strange people of all shapes and sizes, eating, drinking, dancing, and singing. Looks like a pretty happening kind of place to me. Shura shook her head, and her shoulder-length beaded tresses flailed out around her. That's not what I mean. I mean, we're between places. Alyssa frowned and waited for elaboration. It's like this, said Shura, pointing at pool balls on the solid-seeming table. This yellow ball, let's say it's where you're from. And maybe this purple-striped ball is where I'm from, okay? Alyssa's frown deepened, but she nodded. Okay, so those are separate places, right? Each is a whole world all in itself. But worlds are in motion, and they bounce off each other, you know? Shura demonstrated this by taking aim with her cue and breaking the cluster of balls apart, all of them bouncing off the bumpers and reconvening in the middle of the table. The yellow ball and the purple striped balls touched with a clack. Shura continued, See how there's a tiny little spot where they touch? Can you imagine yourself standing on that yellow ball? Now picture walking up to where the balls touch. Maybe you could jump from one to the other, right? But what if you wanted to go to that red ball over there instead? Alyssa followed the tip of Shira's cue to peer at the red ball. She ventured a guess. You'd have to wait for some interdimensional giant to rearrange the world so they touch? Shura laughed and shook her head. <laughs> I'm not saying this right, I guess. I mean, yeah, you could wait for the right alignment. Or you could jump from that purple striped ball to that green one, to the orange striped one, and over to the red one. Those are nice, easy jumps, even though they don't touch. Alyssa nodded. Okay, so you'd go world hopping like train stops? Close enough. We call those places you can jump from one to another world waypoints. Alyssa frowned again. So if we're not in one of those worlds, where are we? I told you, we're in the Rosedale pub, laughed Shura, waving her pool cue to take in the whole table's surface. We're in the green, kinda. Maybe like that spot there where you put the cue ball to break? It's not the best analogy, I admit, but I always make do with what it's hand. The point is, this isn't a real world. It's part of the space between worlds. But it seems real enough, said Alyssa. I mean, other than that table, is it a hologram? Shura shrugged. Real is as real does. Watch. The burly woman hoisted herself up to sit upon the edge of the pool table. It's real enough to hold me up, and I'm a chonk. But when I came in, protested Alyssa, I saw it disappear and then reappear. Shura grinned and slapped the side of the table. Hard light. If you look at it up close, it's just a bit pixelated, and it glows just a little. The projector is kind of flaky, though. Need to talk to the twins about fixing it. Alyssa watched Shura hop down from the table and asked, Twins? Shura gestured broadly, taking in the whole bar area. Z and D, they fix everything around here. I don't think anyone pays them to do it. They just like fixing things. That's what this place is like. The staff are usually customers who decided they wanted to stay more than a couple of nights. Everyone else? We've got regulars, but most folks are just passing through. Alyssa let out a sigh. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm a stranger here, among strangers. With a toss of the pool cue, the table vanished once more. Shura gestured towards the bar. 
I'm a sucker for lost souls. Buy you a drink? Alyssa nodded and allowed her new friend to escort her to the massive mahogany bar. The bartender shifted her glance between Shura and Alyssa and asked, What'll it be? Uh, I mean, what currency do you take here? asked Alyssa, rummaging around inside her bag for her wallet. I have Visa and Discover. Your money's no good here, said Shura, winking at her. As for me, I'll take an old-fashioned, if you please. Alyssa shook her head. I appreciate the offer, but I'm not a charity case. The bartender almost smiled. Shura's being literal. You think we have a way to take credit from every universe that passes by? Do you imagine we have a way to exchange any currency ever invented? How many Venusian shekels to an Aldebaranian centavio? What's any of it even worth if we don't have regular trade there? A flush came over Alyssa's face as her eyes prickled with a thread of tears. No, not here. Not now. Not after everything she'd been through to escape. Well, how does anyone pay for anything here? I believe I can answer that, said a velvety voice that seemed to come from everywhere. At the same time, a face appeared in the mirror behind the bar. A sharp, pointed face with high cheekbones and an olive complexion, framed by wavy black hair. The voice and the face held no gender cues for Alyssa to follow. Out of reflex, more than conscious thought, she looked around her to be sure that the image only appeared in the mirror rather than hovering nearby behind her. Alyssa gaped and jumped as Shura placed a hand upon her shoulder. The bartender sighed and handed Shura her drink. Then she produced a glass of ice water, which she placed in front of Alyssa. Rosedale's the genius loci, said Shura to Alyssa. In a way, they are the pub. Think of them like an artificial intelligence, or maybe a ghost. No one's sure, and you're not telling, are you, Rosedale? The corner of the face's mouth turned up just a little. Their dark eyes focused on Shura. They nodded. Shura, thank you for taking this one under your wing. Shura shrugged. Hey, you know how I roll. Indeed, I do, said the face in the mirror. Looking back at Alyssa, Rosedale said, No one's money is good here. Some bring gifts or goods in trade. Others offer their services or entertainments. But most just share their stories and news from abroad. News? Stories? How's that work? said Alyssa, still confused and intrigued by the disembodied face. She took a grateful sip of the water and clarified her question. How do you keep this place running on stories and volunteers? You would be surprised what stories can be worth, said Rosedale, especially to one such as me. It's why this place exists. Even before I came to be a part of it, this crossroad had been a place where travelers rest and exchange stories. Don't people take advantage of that goodwill? asked Alyssa. Rosedale nodded. I can tell you are from a capitalistic world, one of the earths if I am not mistaken. Since all here is freely given, anyone taking unfair advantage will find less and less generosity as time goes on. Such selfish individuals usually find only frustration and move on soon enough. At worst, I have ways to encourage them to leave. The bartender cleared her throat. The staff are also quite protective of Rosedale. The place or the person? asked Alyssa. The bartender shrugged. That's a difficult distinction, 
both. So what would you like? Alyssa looked at the faces around her, the orc-like woman, the Amazonian bartender, the ghost in the mirror. She wet her lips and asked, Do you have Irish cream? The bartender nodded. Could I get another rocks? Maybe also a sandwich? I didn't get time to eat before I left home. The word home caught in Alyssa's throat, and she fought back tears once again. The face in the mirror vanished without a goodbye. Without a word, the bartender produced a glass full of ice and a dark brown bottle tapered at the top, label unfamiliar. The ice crackled as the thick beige liquid flowed into the glass. She slid it across the bar to her. A section of the mirror vanished, leaving a low opening. A plate slid out. Upon the plate sat a multi-layered sandwich, quartered, held together with decorative toothpicks. As the bartender passed the plate to Alyssa, the opening became part of the mirror once more. Care to share your story? asked the bartender. Alyssa had just taken a bite of the sandwich and had to chew and swallow before she could answer. Do I have to? It's been a long day. The short version is, I just barely escaped an abusive situation with my life and the clothes I'm wearing. Well, and the bag that the blob tried to make off with. Marcel, said the bartender. Hmm, said Alyssa. Oh, right, the blob's name is Marcel. Shura elbowed Alyssa in the ribs. You'll find this place runs on mutual respect more than anything else. People got names, you know. Yeah, I know, but the... I mean, Marcel tried to rob me. Shura grinned. That's better. Yeah, that wasn't cool. But things are just things. Ignoring someone's personhood, that's nasty. I'm sorry. I've lost just about everything. My world, my home, my family, my love. He betrayed me. I had to get away. I had nowhere to go. If they caught me, I'd be dead or worse. Lucky for me, I caught a ride and somehow ended up here in another world. But now I have nowhere to go and I can't go home. Shura scratched her nose and made sympathetic noses. Yeah, sorry to hear all that, but if you gotta be lost, Rosedale's a great place to be lost while you figure out where to go. You can hitch a ride or head off down the road on your own, and you'll end up somewhere. Meanwhile, you're safe here, and you can stay in one of the rooms. Alyssa chewed her club sandwich and thought a while before continuing. You said I'm safe here, so if anyone should come looking for me... The bartender shook her head. No one's going to find you here. And if by some chance they do, we won't let harm come to you. How long can I stay? She asked. The bartender shrugged. Most travelers are on their way in a day or two at most. Alyssa sighed. I hope I figure out something in that time. Sure, guffawed. You could come along with me. I could use a shill for my traveling show. What kind of traveling show? Asked Alyssa. Sure as a pool hustler, said the bartender, washing some glasses. Hey, is that any way to talk? I provide entertainment using my special skills to educate. What are you teaching by hustling pool? asked Alyssa, smiling. I'm teaching the value of understanding basic physics, said Shura, puffing out her chest with pride. And often, I'm contradicting the notion that someone who looks like me is stupid or clumsy. I don't think you're either of those, said Alyssa. Shura grinned and shot Alyssa with finger guns. 
Yeah, but you're not one of those kind of people. I could tell. That's why we're here at the bar having a drink together. Want to go on the road with me, friendo? Alyssa shook her head. No, I don't think so. Not right now. I need time to think about what I want to do next, you know? Shura nodded. Yep, I've been thinking about that a long time myself. I'll let you know when I've got it figured out. The bartender asked Alyssa, You said you hitched a ride here. Was the driver shorter than Shura? Hey, protested Alyssa's new friend. The bartender ignored her. And did he have a scraggly salt-and-pepper beard and wild hair? Alyssa's mouth formed an O of surprise. How did you know? Yes, and on his head he wore, the bartender finished her sentence for her, a tinfoil crown with colorful drops of candy affixed around the perimeter. But how did you know? He also had this... Terrible accent, suggested Ashura. What? Do you both know him? He said his name was T.K. Basque, and that the T.K. stood for... Shura and the bartender completed her sentence in unison. The Transit King. Yes, he kind of creeped me out a little and said I owed him when he dropped me off. Shura grinned. Anything he asks, whenever he asks. But don't worry about that. He's harmless. Mostly harmless, corrected the bartender. Well, with T.K. Basque as your reference, I'm going to offer you a job, Alyssa. What? Really? What would I do? The bartender shrugged. Whatever you're good at. You could waitress. You could be a relief bartender. Or maybe Z and D could use a hand. Alyssa smiled. I accept. I'm not especially good at any of those things, but I'll try to keep up. The bartender glanced at the mirror. A hand appeared, forming into a thumbs-up sign. The bartender said to Alyssa, Yasmin. She reached across the bar to offer her hand to Alyssa. Yasmin? asked Alyssa as she shook the tall woman's cool hand. If we're going to be working together, I thought you should know my name. It's Yasmin. Welcome aboard. When you finish your sandwich, could you take a couple of beers to the piano player? Sure can. Thank you, Yasmin. Yasmin waved a hand and walked to the other end of the bar to take another order. Congrats, said Shura. Too bad. I could have used an assistant. I hope you'll come back here in your travels, said Alyssa. Maybe someday I'll take you up on that offer. Shura smiled and winked. You know I will. Rosedale's the closest thing I've got to a home base. Alyssa frowned at her empty plate. What about that favor I owe T.K. Basque? What do you think he'll want from me? Shura shrugged. Far as I can tell, when he asks for something, it'll benefit both you and him. But he likes to hold on to those IOUs. The potential alone gives him a bit of power, if you know what I mean. Alyssa shrugged. I guess. Hey, Alyssa. What, Shura? Nice to meet you. And when you're ready to tell your story, I'd be glad to hear it, okay? Alyssa smiled and patted Shura's hand. You'll be the first I tell when I'm ready. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website. Visit me at, at EC Garrison on Twitter, E. Chris Garrison on Facebook, 
or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. How do people who make stuff up for a living make stuff up? New York Times bestseller Jonathan Mayberry told us... Oprah's book club favorite Sue Miller told us... You know, you sort of take a character and make some bad things happen. How'd we get them to do that? We colored them, just like at a cocktail party, except through your headphones. Join us every Thursday for the Liars Club Oddcast. A slightly unhinged podcast where storytellers interview other storytellers. Available on Project Entertainment Network, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts are heard. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.